live in a nation where we have the freedom to worship you. We have the freedom to seek your face, to come in here and to praise your name. So we thank you for that. Lord, we pray over our nation that we will continue, Lord, as a nation to turn back to you. God, we thank you uh, a week and a half ago for the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, Lord, that we believe in life. And Jesus, we believe life starts at conception, Lord, so we thank you for that, Lord, and we pray that we as the church... Lord, we don't look to politicians or to anyone else, but we as disciples of you will lead the charge of what it looks like to seek your face, to love people well, and to see the lost saved. So, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, welcome to Northfield Christian. I'm Pastor Raymond, the youth and young adults pastor here. Uh, if you are a guest, again, welcome. We want to connect with you, and there's a couple ways that we do that. There's a connect card in the pew in front of you, so if you'll take that out if you're a guest with us. Fill it out, and then after service, we have an information center right outside these doors. If you'll take that Connect card back there, we have a gift we want to put in your hand. We want you to make, make sure you feel like family when you step into Northfield Christian. Or if you would rather, and you're a little more techie, you can pull out your phone, scan our QR code, uh, and there's a Connect card, a digital Connect card on there that you can fill out. And again, after service, we want to connect with you at our information center couple announcements. Uh, this week starts tonight is family camp at Fajola. Anybody going to family camp this week? Uh, okay, there we go. Got some families going. Um, but we love family camp uh, here at Northville. Our uh, worship team, Pastor Pierre, Bobby, they're going to be leading worship this week at family camp. Uh, Pastor Brooks is going to be doing the morning service. Pastor Aaron Halavin, our superintendent, is going to be doing the evening service. It is really a great time of refreshing. So that starts tonight uh, just to make you aware of that. And with that, just so you know, uh, because we do have quite a bit of our team going, um, this Wednesday night there will be no kids. Okay, there's no kids um, activity services. Men and women are still meeting. Youth are going to be doing kind of a, a hybrid of things. So just be looking in your email uh, for more details concerning that. Uh, there's a prayer and worship night coming up that we wanted to make you aware of. Uh, just a great time to worship, come together, to pray, to seek the Lord as a congregation. It's, they really are great nights. Um, and that next one is July 10th, 6 to 8 p.m. here in the sanctuary. That is next Sunday. So we want to invite you to that. Next Saturday, today is a, joy, a joyous day, and if you're new with us, uh, you're going to see what I mean here in a little bit, but today is the day that we welcome and we celebrate with our new lead pastors, and with that, we have a couple things coming up that we want to make you aware of. Um, we will be having a luncheon after service today, so we want to invite you to that as soon as service is over. Uh, we're going to get up, we're going to release all the family first. They have a big family, which I love, so we're going to make sure the family gets down there. They get in line first, and uh, then we'll release you. We want to invite you out to that. But also, July 9th, uh, we want to invite out all the ladies for a welcome tea with Amber. Um, be there. So that's July 9th, uh, 10 a.m. in the cafe. So ladies, make sure you come and uh, join us for that. She's got a message she wants to share. and Just a great time uh, to get to know her and hear her heart. Also on Tuesday, July 19th, our Joy Luncheon, our Just Older Youth, 16 Above Ministry. Um, Pastor Ben and Amber are going to be speaking at it, so make sure you sign up for that at the information desk. Uh, that's going to be Tuesday, July 19th from 1 to 3 in the gym, so sign up so they kind of know uh, who's coming and can kind of plan accordingly. 
It's a big day for the Murray family, but not, also, not only for this Murray family, but the extended, our very own Pastor Nate and Kim. Let's throw it up there. Is it, is it new baby? Bennett Lawrence Murray was born at 2.42 in the morning. What a great time to be born. Six pounds, 11 ounces. Uh, Kim is doing good, doing great. Nate's doing good. Running on little sleep, I'm sure, but exciting. So uh, just be praying for them in the next few days. It's always an exciting and terrifying time, no matter which child it is, to leave the hospital. Um, so, But we're so excited for them. Uh, I know they had been anxiously awaiting the day, so uh, we're just excited for the Murray family. You know, whether it's welcoming Pastor Ben and Amber, Pastor Nate and Kim with the new baby, we're just, it's exciting times in Northfield Christian. You know, as we, we start today and we start a new chapter in the life of Northfield Christian, I always say that it's honoring and celebrating the past that sets us up for what God wants to do in the future. And so with that being said, I am excited and I want us to show honor as we welcome our former lead pastor, Pastor Brooks McElhenney, to lead the installation service. Thank you. Thank you. This feels incredibly familiar. Anyway, wow. Thank you so much. Pastor Ben, it's so good to see your family and your wife's families are here. Would all of the family of Pastor Ben and Amber, would you please stand? We, we want to welcome you. Amen. These are... Amen. Yeah. It is incredible to have a support system like that, and, um, and uh, I think you ought to be honored that they're here. Uh, some of my kids are here today, and by the way, my life has changed since I've left. Uh, we have a new uh, grandbaby that's four weeks old, and Anissa and Josh, and they're with us today, and that's little Adelaide, so that's our number seven. And then, since all that, um, Autumn and Brian have gotten engaged, and they are getting married in a couple of months. Just think what you've got to look forward to. You just don't take care of your own. They add to your family and keep costing you more and more. It's great. It's incredible. Um, truly, I, I'm here today in two capacities. Uh, one capacity is as your former pastor, and it is a distinct honor and a privilege to be here today to install the new pastor of Northville Christian. But I'm also here in an official capacity as part of the Michigan Ministry Network as the secretary and treasurer because it's usually an officer who gets the privilege of installing. So I get double duty today. And, uh, and, and I'm honored, I am truly honored to celebrate with you 
as we install your new pastor. Today, as you listen to the message, some I'll be speaking directly to your pastor, and some I will speak to you as a church, and, and we'll walk through this. So let's get started from a passage from God's Word this morning, because we need to hear God's Word, amen? It's life-changing. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts 13. If you do not have a Bible with you this morning, you can, uh, I have the scriptures on the screen for us this morning. The setting of this text is at the church in Antioch. We're told about some people who are leaders in that church, and here's what it reads like in Acts 13, 1 through 4. It says, now... In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Medean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed there or from there to Cyprus. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Your word is always instructive, but Lord, we want to be more than just hearers of your word. We want to put it into action. We pray for application. And so today, help me to share what I feel is applicable to our lives, especially to a church and to Pastor Ben and his family. Use it today, I pray, in Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement with me, would you say amen to that? Amen. amen. The passage we just read gives us the names of those who were leaders at that particular church that is found in Antioch. The Bible identifies them as Barnabas and Simeon and Lucius and Medean and Saul. The Bible told us that it considered these to be prophets and teachers among the church. They gave structure, they gave guidance to that church in Antioch. Now, these prophets and teachers were really sensing and seeing a move of God, and they wanted to be used by God. They just kind of weren't settled with what God had already done in Antioch. They believed the Lord had greater things for them and for the Antioch church to do. Now, you need to know this. When the Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God to be written, He did not use words aimlessly. They were purposed. There are five men mentioned here in Acts 13. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Medean, and Saul. And the question is, why would this be important? What can you glean from these names that are mentioned in the text? Well, I believe, first of all, we're going to see a very diverse church. Barnabas, it says he was a Levite who was born in Cyprus. His real name actually was Joseph. He was nicknamed Barnabas by the apostles back in Acts 4, 36, where we read this. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called what? Why? Which means? Wouldn't you like to be renamed in the church? Or maybe not. You know, what if people really called you by what they see coming out of you? 
Wow, Barnabas is someone, by the way, who would have understood Greek culture because of where he was born, but he is a Hebrew Levite. He's of the Levi family. And, and, and then there is uh, Simeon, who is called Niger. The, the name Niger actually means black. In fact, this Simeon could very well be the same person who carried the cross of Jesus. That's because Simeon and Simon were alternate spellings of the same name, and many scholars think that this was the same man who had come to faith now as the, and is in the church in Antioch. Next, you have Lucius. Lucius is from Cyrene, which is the same place that Simeon was from. And for clarity, Luke says Cyrene is located in northern Africa, so they've got two Africans in the church in Antioch. Next is Medean. The scripture tells us he was brought up with Herod Antipas. Scholars think he was called the foster brother of Herod. What's interesting is that he would have been brought up with all the Roman influence, but he would have had Jewish practices because the Herods were part of the Jewish culture. This makes this grouping of men very diverse. And then, of course, the last man mentioned is Saul, who we know he was called a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a key leader in the Jewish uh, religion and started off, though, by persecuting, being against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're told that Saul is from Tarsus. Now, let me put a map up here for you just to kind of help us. I want you to see where Jerusalem is, where the yellow space is. And of course, Antioch, if you'll see, is up there on the top right-hand corner. You see Syrian Antioch. Now, Saul is from Tarsus just to the left. And then you've got the Herods, which were just below Syria on the far uh, right. And then Cyprus, of course, is where uh, Medea is from. And then Cyrene, northern Africa, is where the other two. This was a diverse church that had come from all these places. And, and you talk about a multicultural church for that day, that would have been a multicultural church. With that being true, I want you to notice something. That had to be a welcoming spirit church. Wherever you're from, you are welcome. And church, could I encourage you today? I trust that this church will continue to be a welcoming church to all who step into this place. Amen? And by the way, we need people like Barnabas. Barnabas is this kind, generous man who's encouraging and speaking. We need people like Simeon who carried the cross of the Lord. Church, we need people who have been to the cross. And by the way, every church needs those people who appreciate the grace and the work of God in their lives. And then we need people like Lucius who are willing to go, God, wherever you send me, I'll go. And, and like Manea who aren't trapped by their upbringing, but people who are changed by the Spirit of God. And then Saul, of course, who becomes Paul, who allows an incredible transformation to happen in his life. We need people like that in the church. But by the way, they don't always start that way in the church. But that's why we welcome them, amen? God, you need to know, is, is always at work. And you need to be willing to tell your story 
of what God has done in your life. Now, with just a little bit of background, let me go back to our key passage, and I'm going to bring out some key principles, I think, for application today, because I believe these apply to installing your pastor today. I want you to observe three sets of statements that are made in our text. I'll walk you through them briefly. The first set is found in verse 2 and 3, the first part of the verse. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and verse 3, so after they had fasted and prayed. This I want to call communion. The second set of, set of statements is found in the middle part of verse 2 and 3. It says, to the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. And then in verse 3, they placed their hands on them. I want to call that consecration. The third set is found at the end of verse 2, 3, and then in verse 4. It says, two, for the work for which I've called them. Three, and sent them off. And four, send them on their way by the Holy Spirit. The last one I want to call commission. Here they are, communion, consecration, and commission. Let's go to the first one on communion. As we install your new pastor, the scripture teaches us this first. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, so after they have fasted and prayed. Let me start with a question first. Who are they? While they, I believe they in this passage definitely, of course, is speaking to the five men who are mentioned in the very first verse. Because why? They were gathered together. Now listen, I love it when the whole church worships together. When I heard you worshiping today, it was incredible. By the way, my wife and I have had incredible experiences in different churches, and we've had everything from no worship to video worship, uh, and uh, it's been very, we walked in our, I think two weeks after we left here, we walked into a church, and they said, our worship leader didn't show up today, can you help us? And I thank God for my giftings, and we were able to go to the piano, and we sang hymns all morning. It was great. I love the church. It's diverse, but one of the things we have to understand is that God can speak in the midst of worship, but it doesn't take a lot of people to seek God for God to move. Church, you need to be in communion with God. Pastor Ben, you need to be in communion with God. Notice that Saul, who of course we better know as Paul, and Barnabas, the encourager, they're part of this group that is seeking God's direction. Here's my point. Paul and Barnabas are men of prayer. Pastors must be likewise. They must be people of prayer who know how to seek God. And in this passage, it's where we find Paul and Barnabas are fasting along with the others and praying with these other leaders, and they're talking to God. By the way, talking to God is communion. We, we have what we call a communion service, but it's really to say, Lord, I remember you. Lord, I know who you are. Lord, I know what you did for me, and I receive the bread. I take the cup in remembrance of your body and your blood. I commune with you. That's really all communion is. And by the way, you should do it without ceasing. Amen? Communion is just communicating with God, communicating with your heavenly Father. 
Of course, fasting is seeking God, I believe, in a deeper way, holding back the desires of the flesh. It's a very biblical way we are taught that has a lot of benefits, but it's a desire and a deeper desire to hear from God that I will put away these things from the flesh so I can hear you, Lord. I know fasting for food, and I just did a a, a message this past week, and I'll do it this coming week, that maybe you don't understand, but when, when the church used to break bread together, I mean, this was hours and hours of meeting together. When they met in homes and they broke bread, it, it was like, this is... That's why I think fasting of food is incredible, but for them, it was so important because that was such a a big part of their life. Maybe for you, it's getting rid of the TV. The very thing that causes multiple hours of distraction so that you can really hear God. By the way, any prayer or praying really is about positioning your heart before God in a humble way. God, I just want to get my heart And then once you get there, you know that his answer is always the best. Back in Acts chapter 6, verse 4, we hear the apostles declaring this, and we will give our attention to what? To prayer and the ministry of the word. Ben, that is, Pastor Ben, that is key in any minister's life. There's going to be always needs in the church, but we have to know the importance of prayer, and we stay close to God's Word and the ministry of it. We see it in Scripture, prayer, the study of God's Word, and and it was considered the most important ministry of the early Christian leaders. Pastor Ben, as you take on this new responsibility and the privilege of serving God's people, I encourage you to pray. Pray for God's direction. Pray for your family. And then pray for the church family. Continue to surrender your heart and your life to the will of God. And that's what you've done by saying, Lord, we saw it, we were looking, and Lord, and we're surrendering to your will. And then always long for his will to be done in your life. Let me use an illustration in regards to prayer. I called Pastor Chuck because I thought Pastor Chuck might have one of these. and he's a, he's a fisherman, but he said might need one if he had a bigger boat. But, but what I was to ask him about was a boat hook. It, it's on a rope and it's kind of like a grappling hook that they throw to shore to be able to, get the, to pull the boat in. You understand what it is. And so you, you try to throw it, catch hold of the shore. But let me ask you this. Do we pull the shore to us or do we pull us and the boat to the shore? Which one? We pull ourselves. In the same way, prayer is not trying to pull God to my will. Prayer is aligning my will to the will of God. I am always pulling close to him. So church, pull close to God. For all of us, there's nothing more important in your life with Christ than prayer. It it is your lifeline to God. 
Prayer is the power behind your living. Prayer is the power behind your witnesses. Witnessing. Prayer is the, by the way, means that we take all of our burdens and all of our worries and our concerns to God and we pull close to Him. By the way, they, in that passage, I also believe means the whole church. And I want to thank you as the body of Christ here at Northville for the prayers that you prayed for your new pastor. Each week, of course, here at this place here, the pulpit, as a body of believers, you ask God to guide and direct the pulpit committee. And I believe that God has answered that prayer. And that is why we're here today. You see, the church at Antioch knew they had to seek God, to know the heartbeat of God. And that's because they understood the value of communion. The second word I want to look at is consecration. I want you to look again at the middle part of verses 2 and 3. They say, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. Verse 3, they placed their hands on them. The Greek word here for set apart is aphorizo, meaning to distinguish from the others, to single out, to separate for a special service. The Holy Spirit had a purpose and wanted Paul and Barnabas for this special purpose to be dedicated and consecrated to the call of God. Then, of course, they laid hands on him. It was an act of sanctification and setting them apart for a holy purpose. In fact, we see the laying of hands throughout the Word of God. But the apostles, when they began to pray for people for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they laid hands on them to receive. And they were being set apart by the Spirit for His purpose. In fact, that's going to be part of our installation today. At the end, we're going to lay hands on Pastor Ben and Amber and their family believing for God's impartation of wisdom and strength as they are set apart for God's call right here at Northfield Christian. By the way, it's the Holy Spirit who calls. It's the Holy Spirit who enables people to serve the church. And by the way, just so you know, Pastor Ben has been filled with the Spirit of God. And he's been called and he's been set apart by God to be used in this place. So Pastor Ben, again, walk not only in communion with God, but stay consecrated to God. And lastly, to fulfill the great commission. Pastor Ben, you're not just on a mission, you're on a commission with God. Listen to these verses in verse two, the very end, for the work to which I have called them. There's a work that the Lord has. Verse 3, and sent them off. You are being sent to be here. In verse 4, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Ben, God has called you to himself first, but then for the purpose of leading his church. These are God's people. They'll never be your people. But God entrusts you as a shepherd over the people. And you get the privilege of spending time with them. When I walked in today, I, there's just, I see because of the time we spent and the hugs and just the, the history that we do have, 
but you get to build that history and spend time and lead them into the days that God has ordained for them. And God will continue, by the way, to grow and complete what he started some 80 years ago in this church. By the way, it was January that this church celebrated 80 years from its inception. Oh, it's been through a lot of changes and moves and, and places, but God started in the hearts of people 80 years ago. And look who's here today. Many of them are not, but some are still with us. Dean Betcher, we still honor you, my friend. He started in this church when he was 12. I just gave his age away. Don't do the math. Could I tell you, Pastor Ben, also continue to help bring people to Jesus and equip them to be like him. Your ministry is people, not programs. So preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season because there is absolutely no substitute for the word of God. And there's no substitute for the move of the Holy Spirit. And let me speak to the church body again for a moment. I want to encourage you, don't allow just your pastor to be hungry for the things of God. You be hungry for the direction individually in your life and then together corporately as a local body of believers. Believe for everything God has in store for you. And could I remind you, don't get stuck on the things of the past. There's two big statements that people declare in church, and I could never say them while I was here. <laughs> but now I can say them out loud. The one statement is, we've never done it that way. Or, we've always done it that way. Could I ask you, and there's the statement on the screen, be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? God does do new things. And could I allow, could I ask this, would you allow Pastor Ben to be the pastor? Don't wait for years to transfer your loyalty or your, your I don't know if he's really my pastor yet. You just go, God, I'll trust him. Because he has surrendered his life. And the Holy Spirit is going to direct him. Remember, Pastor Ben is under authority as a minister of the gospel. And when he begins to share vision or direction, would you stand with him just like you did with me? I cannot tell you how important it is to lift up your pastor during this journey. And remember, God commands his blessing where there is unity. I pray for God's favor and anointing that it will rest and rule and abide in this place. So now to the installational part. I want to invite Pastor Bib, would you come first? There's just something to me that wouldn't be quite right. Have a seat. 
Everybody knows what I'm about to do. Those of you who were not here and may not know, um, every time it was just in my heart when I had a new pastor come, I washed their feet because I need to remind us that we're servants. And I do this not as a former pastor, I do it as a colleague that we serve together, and that we do this to honor the Lord. On my way out, for those who may not know, I was, it was the longest part of the service, but it was probably the most incredible part for me when the pastors and the deacons washed my feet on my way out. So I think of nothing more appropriate this morning than to take a moment and wash your feet and remind you of the honor and the privilege we have. Now, what I do know is that this is probably one of the most humbling things on both sides. But I want to encourage you, remember these are the people that belong to the Lord kind of have that Peter moment where it's like, do you really need to do this? Would you like me to wash all of you? Maybe not. No. I just wanted you to know that we serve the Lord first. I'm not trying to tickle you. But stuff gets between the toes. <laughs> Not his toes. <laughs> and I want to remind you, and I just want to speak to your heart for a moment. <sighs> I, uh, it was 17 years ago when I came. It was my first time to lead as well. I had my biggest concern was what am I going to preach next week? But I just leaned on the help of the Holy Spirit. I leaned on my brothers and my sisters in Christ and to help me. And there were times I had things to learn and there were mistakes I made. But this body, I want you to know, loved me through it all. In fact, later on, they came to me, somebody did, and said, you preach better now than you used to. <laughs> I was offended at first. And then I thought about it and realized I've grown. I'm not the same person I used to be. I just want you to know, and by the way, church, I'm not asking him to do this in his ministry. This is what God called me to. So don't hold him to my history. This is me. 
God calls us in different ways to do different things. So you're not relegated to be me, but you are to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And you leave well. So the towel and the basin and the pitcher is yours to remind you that you serve the Lord and his people. Moses got a little frustrated sometimes with the people. And one, guy, one time God said, I'll wipe them out, Moses, we'll start over. But the heart of a pastor says, no, I want them to live because they need to continue to grow. They need to continue to learn. So keep the heart of a pastor, would you? All right, I'm going to let you put your socks or shoes back on because you're probably better at it than me. I can't imagine. I, a little kid, I can put a sock on, but I can't imagine putting a big boy's socks on. <laughs> so, Well, I can't end there because if you know me, I am like, I love illustrations. So I have a few more this morning. Thank you. You don't have to hold your towel either. We'll just put it here as a reminder. Let's start off with this this morning. First of all, I know you came into the office and found this. And I asked him, I said, can I use this this morning? These were from several years ago. I did a, an illustration. And I asked all of our elderly people to come forward. And then I asked the young people to come. I gave all the elderly people a baton, and then we passed the baton. Because we've got to remember, we always got to give it to the next runner. And there's something about age that steam does run out. And God, I believe, when Paul talks about running the race and all of that, we know, of course, in races we run, there are different legs to it. In fact, until he comes again, if Lord tarries another so many years, your time may be complete here, and, and it'll be time to pass the baton for another leg of whatever that is. So this morning, I pass the baton to you, only representing that you are stepping into the race that God has here, yeah. and you leave well. Now, what comes with that is this. <laughs> I talked about people in a moment. We'll come back to people. But you were also given the care over the church. These are the keys that I've used all these years. It's not a kingdom, but it is a responsibility, a place to take care of so people have a place to come. So I also hand the keys to you because God will help you to unlock what's ahead. It's your race. It's your leg. You don't have to run mine. You run yours. And you run it with the training you've had. And so I just want the handoff to go well. Amen. Amen. I want to take a moment and um, let me illustrate one more part. And then I want to invite the family to come. This is from, remember, there's a couple of different parts of the illustration. 
And I'll get to a personal part in a moment, but this is from our ministry network. That position, this is about call. You have to remember that the staff was never meant for discipline. It was meant for rescue. When a sheep would fall because running waters and their weight of their, their, uh, of their wool, and if they got too deep into the water, it would trip them up and, and, and they couldn't get themselves back up, but it's the shepherd who would have this ready to rescue them. And I just want to remind you, you're there to shepherd. That's your call. This may be the race. This is to say, remember your call. Remember what God went back whenever he spoke to you. Whenever he moved in your life, this is just a reminder. But it also says, you are the shepherd. It says, you're the lead. And the people are going to look to you. They need you. All throughout the word of God, he always had a leader. Jesus said, I go away, but I'll send the comforter. And what he did, he filled the, the leaders at that point, so they diversed. And here in the Bible, we have it where they're now setting apart a Paul, of all people who persecuted the church, but because of the change in his life, it did not stop him from God using him. When people come into this church and you go, Lord, I don't know how you'll ever use them. Let me tell you, he wants to use them. Let them change. Let them grow. By the way, people forget, Paul had three years of training before he even stepped into ministry. He was excited at first, man. I'm like, I will tell everybody. And they're like, we don't trust you. And they, three years, he's sitting in Berea studying. And then he's a part of the Antioch Church. And the Holy Spirit said, it's time to set him apart. You've been set apart to lead. Because God has called you. Amen. Let me see. I'm going to unload him. I want to invite his family to come for a moment. And Tammy, would you join me? Also, I want to invite my family to come and stand with us as well. Josh, Brian, come on. All right. Pastor Raymond, watch over the baby. <laughs> Let me start with... <laughs> Got the whole family here. Okay, I'm not trying to... We're, I'm definitely not trying to highlight anything here. But we stand here with you and your children today. Of course, there's two younger ones. Let me speak to you for just a moment. I want you to know God has great purpose for you. And we have a gift for you from us. In fact, one of the parts of the gift didn't come, but I'll get it to you. And what it is is a Bible. Now, you probably have a Bible. But I want it to be a reminder I don't want you to think you have to live a certain way because your mom and dad are the pastors of a church. Because that kind of puts you in a spot of going, I've got to do that because of your role. No. 
You live the way you live because the Bible says so. That's what you're called to. And God may have placed you in a great home and all the challenges of doing the things that are right, but I just want to challenge you to do what the Bible says is right. And so that's coming, and I, I want to make, I'll make sure you get those. But with these little gifts, what I'm going to ask today is I'm going to have my kids step behind you for a moment, and we're going to pray for you. I have six kids. And the Lord has done great things. There's been ups and downs with my kids, but today they're all serving the Lord. They've surrendered their lives. Could I ask you, stay faithful to the Lord. Would you step behind them this morning and maybe that mic, can I have that mic for just a moment? And I'm going to ask my daughter, Anissa, who is a children's pastor at Grand Rapids first, and uh, to pray over these today. Father God, we thank you for your calling. God, we thank you that you ordain our steps. God, every step of the way. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Ben and Amber, God, for their calling to this church, but I thank you for their family that you have called here to. And Lord, I pray for all of their kids, Lord, um, for each and every uh, moment and every new um, experience that they have in this church, God, that they would just sense your presence. God, that they would sense your faithfulness. Lord, you see them. You have not forgotten them. Lord, you have good things in store for, store for them. God, you have prepared them for this moment. And Father, I ask for favor, Lord Jesus. Lord, in their schools, Lord, as they uh, transition during this time, Lord, that they would just uh, sense your favor and your presence with them. God, I pray for friendships for them, Lord. Friendships that would go beyond just being in this church. But God, lifelong friendships, I just pray for that, Lord that they would sense um, just friendship and community in this place, Lord Jesus. I pray that this would be a time of growth in their lives, Lord, that they would see your hand, they would see your goodness, Lord, in every step of the way. We thank you for all that you are doing right now and will continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And we have a gift for you as well as the church has a gift for you as well. So this is one of those guys, just so you know, this is one of the things that your wife did that you knew nothing about, and you just go, yes, we did it. And uh, it's wonderful. But we love you, and we, are, we honor you, and you can't have all of that. Um, Listen, the younger ones will know, not know what you picked out, though, so it'll be all right. All right, just don't let mom and dad see it. All right. I'm going to let you go sit down and not make you feel like you're embarrassed any more than I probably already have. Anyway, thank you, family. Tammy has something for you, Amber. All right, you can go ahead and open this up. And I'm going to uh, read to you a, a scripture Matthew 13, 45 and 46, and it says, uh, it's the parable of the pearl of great price. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And the scripture talks about this pearl of great price and relates it to the kingdom of God. And it's just a simple little pearl necklace, uh, nothing, you know, overly fancy, but 
I just wanted this to be a symbol to remind you of the kingdom of God in your life and in these people that Jesus came to give everything to seek and save the lost. And that's your call as well here. And, uh, you know, so often people look at just the pastor and feel like it's the pastor's call. But no, it's the whole family. And uh, I'll tell you, it is oftentimes even the, the wife can make or break the situation. And we're so excited for all the gifts that you have. I think that's one of the things that people even said to us in their excitement about you coming is, wow, Amber is such a gem. She's just amazing. And her excitement that she has for the Lord. And so I know that God is going to use you in an incredible way. And so I just wanted that to be a small symbol. And then, of course, we've got a, a few little candies, <laughs> some of, you know, my favorites. My favorite and then, of course, we couldn't go without, you know, Pastor Brooks's favorite as well. So, but if you would let me, I'd like to pray over you. So, Father, we just love you. God, I just thank you so much for Amber. Lord, thank you for the giftings that you have placed within her. And Holy Spirit, would this just be a launching pad for all that you're going to do in her life? Father, I pray that you would enable her as she is a mom to these beautiful children. And Lord, that they would never feel like that they're under the gun or under the spotlight all the time, but instead they would just feel so warmly welcomed here and know that they are just kids like everybody else and they don't have the extra pressure to have to be something that they're not, but that they just grow. They just grow and they just learn. And I just pray for an anointing on Amber like never before. Holy Spirit, would you just cause God encounters all over this place? And Lord, just like when we changed the carpet years ago and wrote the names of lost loved ones on that floor. Oh God, would you bring purpose and fulfillment? Would this next year be that moment when somebody comes to Jesus that we've been praying for for years? Oh God, would you bring an anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit? And we will just be so grateful, Lord, to be able to continue the legacy that was started 80 years ago and will continue until Jesus comes. In your mighty name, Jesus, we thank you. Amen. The church has a gift for you as well to honor you and welcome you. Love you too, buddy. Amen. All right. Well, so, Pastor Chuck, you got to say welcome to the new first lady. <laughs> That's what Pastor Chuck always said to me. Well, he would always say, welcome, First Lady. Good to see you. Well, you got a new First Lady, guys, and we're excited. <laughs> All right, I'm almost done. One last illustration. I give us as a reminder that you're going to be the captain of the ship. The church, this is where you come in. There could be somebody who stands at the wheel, but it takes the whole crew to go somewhere. Amen. There's got to be cooks. There's got to be cleaners. I don't know if we're on a pirate ship or a cruise ship. <laughs> 
battleship, as that's what my son-in-law calls it. The battleship needs a lot of crew to keep it running. And I just want to encourage you. He'll be glad to say, God, what direction do we need to go? But you need to continue to serve. You need to find your place. The Bible says the body builds itself up as each part does its part. We might need someone up high going, there's the shore, or we might need somebody in the galleys. We might need somebody cleaning. We might need, we, we also need instruction and teaching and how to let the sails out or how to, how to fix the engine or whatever. It's a lot going on in a, in a church. You may captain at the wheel. You'll also serve with the crew because there's other people. The captain doesn't always stand at the wheel. The captain releases it at times, and there's other, there's other watches, there's other times. But this is a reminder, whatever you might see it in his office or whatever, that you're part of what God's doing here. It was not about the change of leadership. It's just the work of God for the next season. And you're part of that. So tonight or this morning, I don't know where I'm at anymore. I've been at camp. I'm going back to camp. So I'm going to have them step down. I won't make you hold that. And if you want to set yours here as well. And um, that would be great. Mess up the beautiful stuff. Um, But I must have you step down. And here's how we're going to end. Now, by the way, there's a luncheon, and I believe Pastor Ramos will come and give some instructions in just a moment. Pastor James and the worship team, would you come? Here's how we're going to end this morning, and I know you're in the balcony, and I know it's kind of full today, but I'm going to have you just step as far up as we can, right, right in here. Church, your captain needs you. He's got a race to run. He's got a call of God, right? He's got keys that give responsibility, but he needs the crew. I'm going to ask the crew, would you join your pastor this morning? Would you gather around him? And this is where the laying on of hands and the setting apart for the new adventure, the, the great call of God and the purposes. And so... Church, would you come? Even in the balcony. I, I was like, we're going to step down. Then we all get to go eat together, and there'll be plenty of food. If not, there's McDonald's on your way home. It's all good. And I know everybody can't touch them necessarily, but together, we link together. And we pray, right? That's what the church does. It prays. This is what you've been praying for. And now we get to celebrate it, what God has done. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Murray family that you have placed here for this season and this time. And, uh, Lord, for your will to be accomplished and fulfilled. Lord, just like Paul and Barnabas, they prayed and said, Lord, who who is going to do this? Who's going to run the next leg? Who's going to be sent? And Lord, for this, it was Pastor Ben and Amber and their family. We thank you for them. Lord, 
give them wisdom, anointing on their lives far beyond what we consider years. For Lord, you know all things and you do all things well. And we trust you. This body some 17 years ago trusted the move of God then. And so Lord, today, I, along with this body, know that you're doing a great thing. And we say, come and have your way. Personally in our lives and then corporately what you called them to do. So Jesus, be glorified today. We celebrate the goodness of the Lord, the timings of the Lord, the purposes of the Lord, and the people he sends this way. Have your way. For your glory we pray. Amen. Now, amen. Welcome. Welcome, my friend. And welcome, man. All right. This may be my last moment as a pastor, but I want us to sing together a song that we started with. Why? Because you're not going to be the hero. He is. And But we get to see God do great things together. So as a body, as a crew, we're going to lift our anthem song. It may not be forever the anthem song, but it's the one for this morning. There you go. If you need to turn to the screens and we declare with me, oh, hero of heaven, declare with faith. this joyous morning in the gym but before we do that I'm gonna I know it's gonna be a little difficult with what we're doing but I'm gonna see if we can part the Red Sea and let Pastor Ben and Amber's family out first if I need to I'll raise the staff but I don't thanks for the laugh I'm going to don't leave if you're not Pastor Ben and Amber's family don't leave because I am gonna pray over the meal so Pastor Ben and Amber's family if you guys can go ahead and head out Nobody else leave though, because I am going to pray.
right, well, if I can have your attention just for a moment. Looks like the family is making their way out now. So I just want to pray over us one more time as a church, over the meal, over our time together. Um, and I just want to encourage you as we go down there, um, make sure you go say hi to the family, whether it's directly Pastor Ben and Amber, just their, their extended family. Say hi to them. Let's greet them. Let's welcome them. But let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we celebrate, Lord, as seasons change, God, you are still the same. You still have great things in store. So, Lord, we celebrate this morning what you're going to do. Lord, we, we celebrate the past and we look forward to the future, that greater days are still yet ahead. There are more people to be saved, more people to be discipled. And, Lord, we thank you for Pastor Ben and Amber, the captain of our ship, the new leaders of this church the anointing that you've placed on their life, the calling that you have given them to lead this church and to lead it well. We thank you. And Lord, as the word said this morning, Lord, we surrender everything to you, the great I am. We give everything over to you as individuals, as disciples, as the church body. We give everything to you, Jesus. Lord, that you will bless this meal, bless this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's make our way down to the gym and celebrate with our new pastors.
how I 